0: Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning into the You Wang Bang podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, coming to you with a solo episode on the 4th of July. I uh, hope you're out eating some hot dogs, burgers, drinking Bud Light, really enjoying yourselves and reflecting on how great of a nation this is. Uh, I wanted to have an episode with the focus to talk about LeBron going to the Lakers. Um, I know this is a little bit outdated given the fact that this happened several days ago Um, and since then some bigger news has happened with Golden State Warriors and I promise James and I will go extensively into that Um, but before I get into talking about LeBron uh, I I wanted to talk take a quick moment to talk about something really cool that's been going on here in Seattle Uh, we are actually hosting the Special Olympics this year now on top of attending the opening ceremony Michelle and I actually had the opportunity to go watch uh the bowling event of the Special Olympics. Now, there's nothing glamorous about this event. This was held at just a local bowling alley. Um, and what we got to see was just team events. Uh some were co ed and some were female only. So the way it works is that the teams compete uh the teams compete by state. And what you're watching is actually the team, uh, playing together and just getting, um, you know, as high of a cumulative score as they can. So they're not really, you know, facing off, uh, alternating turns with the competition, um, which I, I assume would have some, some sort of trash talk, uh, in, in the regular pros. But, um, in this case, from what we saw, the, the teams were actually, uh, isolated to their own lanes, which was pretty cool. I mean, when I first thought about going to witness this, I was thinking, you know, like it, it is the Special Olympics, you know, that my, I guess, my, the, the bar for what they could achieve was pretty low. And in my mind, I was thinking, if any of these people broke 100, that would already be impressive enough. And what we saw blew us away. We saw team averages of about 150 points. We saw a dude bowl a two nineteen, and uh the best female score we saw was uh, i believe a hundred and sixty five so this is actually really impressive um you, you know if you think about your own bowling skills uh when when we go out to the lanes you know we're we're lucky if we break a hundred uh even myself as a self proclaimed uh, bowling enthusiast especially back in the day when mama wang uh dropped me off at the bowling alley every day for a year for uh for free babysitting um even back then you know i, I was only bowling maybe 140 150 on average uh so so to see you know the scores at this level was wildly impressive um Now, I know some smart asses might say, "Okay, well, you know, bowling is actually different at the pro level because the lanes are greased differently or some bullshit like that, which makes it uh, more more difficult for the pros to to bowl consistent strikes. Yeah, I get that. But I mean, to think that someone um, who has their own set of uh, setbacks is able to knock down five strikes in a row is still pretty damn impressive like and I know it's cheesy but from a personal standpoint I I think the most impressive part of going to this event was just the atmosphere itself Uh, when it comes to the athletes you know it's, it's inspiring to see their talent their passion their pride and even kind of sass. Uh, when it When it comes to them doing these events um you know there's some of the uh, some of the female competitors. competitors I saw were even doing that um, you know that new floss dancing thing that uh that the kids are doing these days, and uh, one girl even did the the shooter mcgavin uh blow that uh happy gilmore fans would be uh, w- would recognize from from the coach, family and supporting members standpoint. I mean, just the the patience, the love, the encouragement and just genuine desire to see everyone succeed is really just something you don't see anymore even even down to the basic um you know, high school level or junior high school level of sports competition. I mean, you're always there to root for, you know, root for your 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 child or your you know sibling or family member or friend to succeed in and oftentimes their success comes at the uh at, at the despair of someone else's so it's nice to see events where you know winning losing is actually you know one of one of the least important things that uh that matter there really it's just to to be in the environment where everybody's just just happy to see the the competitors out there is Um, just, just something like I said, we, we don't see anymore. And I gotta say for anyone who is lucky enough for the event to be hosted in your city, uh, I'm not saying, you know, in the next four years, go out of your way to buy tickets to go and see this. If if you do definitely more power to you, you, you won't regret it. But if it does come through your city, check it out. I mean, you know, this is something that's been going on for 50 years, uh, Fun fact, you know JFK's sister actually started this uh, the the special the International Special Olympics in her backyard back in uh, back in the early '60s, and the first official Special Olympics was in 1968 at uh, Soldier Field in Chicago. So, something that is uh, is American made and is something that we should be proud of. Now, I don't speak much to politics and never will I on this pod, um, but I can say in a world where, you know, right now we are consistently uh, reminded of how hate and ignorance is dictating what we see in the news and also dictating how people respond, it's just nice to see when we have groups of people that come together uh, with the basis of values of just patience understanding, encouragement, uh, and love. So to tie it all back together to the 4th of July, I gotta say, I was reminded today that all in this country is not lost. Now on to LeBron. LeBron has found a new home and it is with the Lakers. LeBron has agreed to a four-year, $153.3 million deal with Los Angeles. So Max, what does this move say about yes. LeBron? Okay, so I know as of tonight, there's, uh, there still is that ongoing news about Boogie Cousin going to the Golden State Warriors. And like I said earlier, I promise, promise, promise that uh, James and I will go into that a little bit more. Um, but I think it's still worth sharing some initial thoughts on LeBron's third team change in his illustrious 15-year career. Um, and who knows, in a few days when James and I review the free agent signings, uh, LeBron may have decided just to stay east after he called Magic Johnson to scream about how all he could get was JaVale McGee uh, and Lance Stevenson. So who knows? That might change very soon. But uh, assuming that LeBron stays with the Lakers, I, I just want to talk about a couple things that I thought were interesting. First, from strictly a basketball standpoint, I knew that LeBron was going to end up in L.A., or I had a feeling he was going to do it. But I was surprised that he came over after the news of uh, Paul George re-signing with the Oklahoma City Thunder broke. Uh, Paul George had re-upped for something in the neighborhood of four years, uh, $150 million, some absurd max re-signing, meaning that Paul George was not going to be going anywhere at least for the next a couple of years barring some kind of trade. So LeBron coming over to the Lakers would, would only improve the team substantially if they were able to get Kawhi Leonard in some kind of trade. And at the moment, it seems like the Spurs are playing hardball and are not caving into those demands and are really just uh, e- either going to look to send him east to see if anybody would take him or just let the year wait out and tell him not to show up. Which leaves LeBron with a non-playoff team, a team that won something, I, I believe, th- 35 games uh, last year. Granted, it's a team of a lot of promising talent: Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, uh, Kyle Kuzma, and uh, I forget his first name, but Hart as well. Uh, guys that that were drafted in the past two years and really played a. A substantial role in in turning this Lakers franchise into something that that is at least somewhat relevant and not some laughingstock that signed uh, Mozgov and Luol Deng for $16 million a year each. That being said, it took 47 wins last year for the eighth seed Minnesota Timberwolves to get into the playoffs. So that means that LeBron's addition... To the L.A. Lakers needs to tip the needle twelve games uh, in a conference that is significantly tougher uh, than the Eastern Conference. Um, another thing to talk about is, hey, overall, LeBron coasted for most of the regular season last year on the Cleveland Cavaliers. So to think that he's now he's in a tougher conference, he's going to have to play night in and night out just so they can be relevant enough and competent enough and competitive enough to to make it to that eighth seed. Judging by how LeBron's been playing defense the past two years and how he basically doesn't try, I mean, we could even see that in NBA Finals, it's going to be really hard for LeBron to, to take this team to, to that next level on his own. Uh, another thing to point out is that LeBron was not is not surrounded by many good shooters, um, especially from three. Uh, Ingram's actually pretty solid at 40%, though I don't think he's a really high-volume kind of a three-point shooter. Uh, Kuzma's pretty good at 36. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is at 38. But then you look at the other rotation guys. I mean, Lonzo Ball is abysmal at 30%, and you know he's going to be getting a lot of playing time. Lance Stevenson, the other um, the other offseason signing uh, for the mid level, 29% on three. Rayshon Rondo, who got signed for $9 million, is 33% on three, which I, I think is actually pretty good for him, uh, considering, you know, in his early years with the Celtics, he was just awful. Uh, but, but to think, I mean, a lot of the key rotation guys are. A bad shooters and B need the ball in their hands to create. I mean, j- just those just those three guys I listed. And granted, you know Lance Stevenson isn't going to be playing that much, but uh, Lonzo Lonzo Ball, Rajon Rondo are both guys who are point guards who uh, can't shoot, so they need to be taking it hard to the rim. Uh, Brandon Ingram's also a guy that needs the ball in his hands to be creating. So, I mean, you got four guys that yeah, they might have high basketball IQs, but for them to be really effective while they're all on the court at the same time, they need to be shooting. And they need to be shooting well and they need to be moving off the ball well enough uh to get open because LeBron as as we've seen before, does not play off the ball, uh, e- even when he had the the likes of an elite point guard in Kyrie Irving, uh, aka Uncle Drew, which is a fantastic movie. Saw that today, by the way. Uh, LeBron still preferred to be running the offense, so. Doesn't seem like the roster construct from an offensive standpoint is is really uh, that much better. The other the other thing to note is that they don't they don't have any bruisers. I mean, uh, Julius Randle is probably the closest that they could have gotten to a guy who who would you know fight hard for offensive rebounds. Put it back strong, you know. Just, just kind of keep plays alive. I can't think of any significant big men that they have anymore. They have a the, a new guy from Serbia or one of the those former USSR uh, countries. I forget his name already, but he shown he flashes last year, but he's super slow. Uh, and then you have Javale McGee, which Warrior fans know very well that that dude is not a rebounder. He's he's ultimately just a rim runner and a staple of Shaq and a fool. So with all these things, with no shooters surrounding him, with no with no elite three point shooters, or with no significant, with, with no lineup that LeBron can roll out there with a bruiser and three elite three point shooters, I just don't see how LeBron and this LA Laker team can be competitive uh, against the Warriors, uh, let alone you know the Houston Rockets or the rest of the league. Now, what I do think is going to happen is LeBron is essentially going to take the year off, especially if they don't get Kawhi this year. Um, He can help the team grow. He can work with these young rookies and ultimately decide, I mean, which one of them he wants to continue playing with. Because even if they don't pan out on this L.A. Lakers team with LeBron James, there's still a trade chip that could be – that could be used with Luol Deng's expiring contract to get uh, a high-caliber player next year in the offseason or, or maybe even in midseason at the trade deadline if LeBron feels like this team is good enough to make that push at the trade deadline. You know, We all know that uh, GM LeBron is always going to have, uh, have a say in what his team does. Uh, so a couple things to think about, and if all else fails, look, Kawhi is going to be a free agent next summer. If the Lakers want to take this tea if the Lakers want to tank this season, LeBron gets a year off and then uh, is, is ready to, to take things over in the West when uh, the Warriors, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Warriors roster next summer with, especially with all the, uh, with, with appending contracts of clay and, and Draymond. So really next season, might be the best time for for the Lakers to make a run with LeBron and some star free agent. So from a basketball standpoint, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Uh, But let's talk a little bit about, you know, as for LeBron's legacy. Um, Like I said, you know, people aren't. I'm not surprised that LeBron ended up LA, in L.A., uh, and I'm sure many avid basketball fans aren't surprised either. I mean, he, he joins the Los Angeles Lakers uh, that, that is historically known for producing or having NBA greats, uh, Magic Johnson, Kareem uh James Worthy, Kobe, Shaq. You know, if you think about the Cleveland Cavaliers or you think about the Miami Heat, I mean, th- this might show my own basketball ignorance, but can you name one all-time great that's that's from either of those teams that have been out in the past, you know, 15-20 years? Um don't say Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I I you know, the, the only names that come to mind from Cleveland are maybe Mark Price. But that's only because I knew he was an elite shooter. I don't really remember much about him playing. So, uh, you know, LeBron going to, uh, you know, a marquee franchise uh, is really ultimately the storyline that we were all waiting for to happen. Uh, LeBron gets to be, uh, you know, part of this marquee franchise that's on ESPN almost weekly, if not uh, biweekly. Um Another thing about lebron 's legacy, I mean LeBron had accomplished the unthinkable in his career in defeating the warriors after uh, after being down three one um, and bringing a championship to a franchise that um, or actually not just a franchise a city that had been starved of a championship for fifty two years so that is something that 's truly remarkable and Yeah, I know people are going to say Steph was hurt. You know, Andrew Bogut had gotten injured and couldn't play game six and seven. And Draymond had gotten suspended for his uh, Mortal Kombat block B move. Uh, Shoutouts to people who uh, know that Johnny Cage reference. Um, But, hey, you know, as as the prodigal son that brought the championship to the city of Cleveland, uh, I I think – he had already kind of done what he needed to do from a legacy standpoint. That really, I, I there was no real reason for him to stay in Cleveland, uh, or you know, he didn't owe anything else to the to the state of Ohio. Uh, and, and kind of a side note, you know, part of me thinks that had what had gone down in Miami, um, especially that loss to Dallas, uh, his first year there. Uh, really affected his um kind of his image his legacy had he not arrogantly you know declared that you know he was going to win more than six rings with the uh with the Heatles uh, you know Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh he may not have ever returned to Cleveland i mean his, the the two championships that he had over the Oklahoma City Thunder and San Antonio Spurs i think could have been validation enough uh d- d- depending on you know who you ask, but him. You know losing to a a heavy underdog of the Dallas Mavericks with you know only one legitimate superstar in Dirk Nowitzki, who you know quite frankly LeBron, Dwayne Wade, or Chris Bosh could have outplayed on any given night. Um, you know it, it was it was just a, a huge uh, kind of a huge a setback on LeBron James's reputation uh, and you know the fact that he didn't show up that series uh, got cussed off the floor by Dwayne Wade and only averaged 16 points uh, on poor shooting that series it, you know it it really really tarnished you know what his reputation was so i, I think he might have gone directly to LA actually had that uh, had that never really transpired but um it did. You went back to Cleveland, and Cleveland's a better city for it. So, I guess it all uh, it all worked out. And kind of to wrap this up, uh, you know, th- these kind of relate to personal reasons, and also you know the LeBron James as as a brand. We know that LeBron's son has been accepted into a really prestigious basketball uh, high school in L.A. So, uh, that's. Probably one of the motiv- motivating factors that he's going over there, but also his wife is somewhat of an entrepreneur and wants to open juice shops or something like that, and uh, just probably don't see that happening much in in the city of Cleveland. So L.A. is probably a, as good of a spot uh, as any. Um, you know, related to his brand. I mean, you know, what's interesting about NBA players these days is they they all uh, they've all kind of become their own brand you know that that's one of the, the what what dictates you know how successful an NBA player is I mean you you look at especially you know Kevin Durant you know the, the outside of his uh his basketball prowess he's also getting involved with venture capitalists which is why he moved to the Silicon Valley and you think of Steph Curry outside of his basketball successes uh he's involved with the Under Armour brand. And also, you know, he just created his own new production company with Sony a couple months ago. Uh, so all of these athletes, you know, it, it, it's become more than just basketball. And and it's not surprising that LeBron wanted to come, come to a city where he could be around, you know, celebrities that could easily help him improve his brand and whatever really business ventures that he wants to get into. So LA makes sense for that. Uh, Kind of my last thought, and this is kind of this dates back to the first decision when uh, when LeBron left the Cavaliers, and Dan Gilbert famously wrote that uh, that that letter to the fans in the Comic Sans font, uh, saying that LeBron was uh, he didn't deserve the city of Cleveland, blah blah blah. I mean, a, a lot of what people had said from that was it was it almost equated to uh Dan Gilbert uh treating LeBron like he was he was some kind of property and, and that Dan Gilbert was almost acting like he was some sort of slave owner uh the, the the connotations for you know how how Dan Gilbert reacted were pretty negative and LeBron as somebody who's making his brand and and really being uh, an example for you know Afri- young African Americans it just it wouldn't have set a very good example for him to stay and essentially play for somebody like that. You know, LeBron wants to build something. And, you know, he he could have gone back to Miami with Pat Riley, but Pat Riley as, as a GM has already been very well established as being somebody who can figure things out and has a reputation of being successful. I think LeBron coming to LA and working with Magic Johnson is actually uh, interesting in the sense that you know it, it, you know Magic Johnson is is a former basketball player, one of the all time greats, um, has been very very uh, influential in you know raising you know AIDS and HIV awareness, you know, other social issues, um, but. You know, is the general general manager, and the fact that LeBron can essentially work with you know, somebody with the same background as him in developing a franchise and possibly elevating it to to back into relevance and back into success, and if possible, ultimately winning uh, a championship ring over a very very talented Golden State team, uh, that would be one of the greatest accomplishments uh, that LeBron can make in, in my book. So uh, a lot of things to think about. Uh, this episode actually rambled on uh, quite a bit longer than I thought it would, but in my opinion, it's good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening. This is Emil Wang with the e Being Podcast. Again, happy 4th of July. Take care.